Hello and welcome to the Moving Past You Radio Show. I am your host, Juanita Gaynor, and I definitely want to welcome you to this evening's show. On tonight, we are going to be talking about our legacy, meaning tonight's topic is my legacy. And before we go to dive into that, we're going to just open up in a word of prayer. Our gracious God and Father, we want to leave a lasting legacy We want to invest our lives in a way that will make a difference. Father, we ask that you not allow us to cling to what is comfortable. Keep us from shrinking back from the challenges and opportunities that you've placed before us. We want to let go of all that will hold us back. Father, lead us. Would you use us to make an impact for the kingdom? for your glory, and for the good of many, many people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we are going to start to, um, tonight's scripture is going to be based on Philippians, the third chapter, um, the seventh and the eighth verse, and it'll be the King James Version that I'll be reading from on this evening. And it reads as such, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things lost, but for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win with Christ. Now, when we talk about legacy, you know, most people think of, you know, financial wealth, you know, real estate, money, you know, leaving your children an inheritance. That's what people think about when they are thinking about legacy. However, you know, when I think of legacy, I am thinking about the most important thing that I can pass on to a loved one. And that does not necessarily include finances. Finances, yes, it's a great thing. But what I want to be able to leave to my loved ones is a legacy of love, a legacy of worship, a legacy of praise. You know, see, what we don't seem to understand is that consciously or unconsciously, we all leave a legacy, you know, it will be anchored on what proves to be the most important to us. If it's money, then our legacy is for the love of money. If it's kindness or generosity, then that is what we'll be passing on. The question I want you to ask yourselves on this evening is, what legacy will you leave behind? You know, it's also a question of what are you pursuing today? For the life that we live is actually the legacy that we leave. See, our greatest fear should not be failing, but succeeding on things that don't really matter. And that means, am I building up all of this, but I'm a crappy person? Do I have billions of dollars in the bank, but nobody wants to be around me? That is what it means by succeeding at things that don't really matter. 
If you're a parent and you're working so much to provide your children this lifestyle that they don't even know who you are, will it matter that you've built this lifestyle for them when they don't relate to you, when they don't connect with you? Same thing with spouses. So sometimes we do. We are succeeding at things that do not really matter. See, life is too short to be wasted on the wrong goals. But the legacy we leave behind is something we can decide early on. Way, way before we die. See, the truth is, if we're not ready to die, we are not ready to live. Today can be the day you write your legacy. And what I've learned through this process is that I was so scared of dying that I didn't live. And then that was just wasn't a good thing. So once I came to grips that it's it's something that has to happen, it's something that's going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how God has placed it. I don't know what is going to go on, but God has set that up. God has done that. And so therefore, I'm going to do what God needs me to do. Now, see, we may have regrets for the wrong things we've done, but Jesus... You know, our past should not be final. That is why Jesus came along so that our, you know, what we've done isn't final. What we've done can be forgiven and erased and move forward into, you know, we don't have to be our final, you know, destination. Like, again, let's look at David. King David, he has he made so many mistakes. He was the poster child sometimes of messing up, but he was the poster child of being after God's own heart because he was known to praise and worship. He was known to know when he had to fall back in line and in correction. You know, but see, again, David was the one that repented before God and therefore that he left a legacy as a man after God's own heart. And he served God's purpose in his generation. You know, I'm going to read to you Acts, the 13th chapter and the 22nd verse. And it says, and when he removed him, he raised him up to them, David, to be their king, to whom he gave their testimony. And said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all will. Verse 36, and it says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. See, it's never too late. It is never too late to rewrite our legacy. See, a godly legacy is anchored in what is eternal. Let me say that again. A godly legacy is anchored in that which is eternal. 
You know, it's something that will outlast our lifetime. Our greatest legacy is knowing Jesus. But how do we pass on a godly legacy? And we can do that. We can learn principles from the life of the Apostle Paul in that retrospect. Um, To pass... On, again, a godly legacy, we must first have our personal relationship with Jesus simply because we cannot give what we do not have. See, we can't say that we are of him and that we seek him and that we serve him and we don't have a relationship with him. We have to be able to be still and allow him to pour into us. We have to allow him to correct us. We have to allow him to guide us. So therefore, if you don't have a relationship with him, then you don't have those things. See, we talk about the Apostle Paul, you know, he considered everything he is and encountered all he possessed, including his race religion, education, his position, his wealth, his influence, and took it all as a loss compared to surpassing the value of intimacy with Jesus. You know, see, what we have to understand is that the Christian life is not about always about addition. Sometimes we need to subtract in order to add things. See, the Bible is not against money. It isn't. You know, it says for the love of it is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that money is. You know, he's not after the Bible is not anti-material possessions, is not anti-success, it's not any of those things. They're all good. Many times, however, the enemy of our lives is not the bad things but the good things, but because they come our idols. See, they become bad because we have now focused on them. We cherish them. We praise them. We go after them. We seek them. We coddle them. We do all of those things and we leave God by the wayside. So it's not the evil things that turns our attention. It is the good things that we begin to focus on and we put above him. So to pass on a godly legacy, we must be willing to let go of anything and everything that slows us down from following the most important of all things. And that is Jesus. See, to pass on a legacy, we must know what the most important thing in our lives is. See, would you know what would make a man like Paul be willing to suffer and consider everything as rubbish compared to gaining Christ? It's no less than his personal encounter with Jesus for Paul to live is Christ and to die is gain. He knew that his righteousness will never be enough and the only righteousness of is of Jesus for which he's gained by faith and has you know which is sufficient. 
Oh my goodness. I've learned that in everything, in absolutely everything, God is the end all and the be all. No and, ifs, or buts about it. See, a personal encounter with Jesus opens our eyes and it changes our values and character, which leads us to pursue an intimacy with him. Like in pursuing intimacy with Jesus, pursuing intimacy with him is an experience. You, it's, it's of his resurrecting power and the fellowship, you know, with him. It's experiencing his amazing power to change our lives and deliver us from bondage and addiction or ill will. See, pursuing intimacy with Jesus usually happens during the storms of our lives. You know, God allows problems to draw us closer to him. I'm going to say that again. God allows problems to draw us closer to him. We will never know that Jesus is sufficient until all we have is him. You know, God sometimes takes away relationships and all that we are dependent on. So we have all we have is him. Only then will he realize that he alone is enough. Now, I I can't even say enough how that is true in the grand scheme of things. Like I, there was relationships and things that, you know, I just depended on. And because, you know, because... I was so dependent on them. I was not walking the walk. I wasn't doing the things that God needed me to do or wanted me to do. And because of that, I was not honoring him and I was not honoring my assignment. So therefore, he had to move some things. He had to shift some things so that he could know that he and he alone was in control, that there would be without a shadow of a doubt who was in charge, who was going to get the glory, who made it happen. See, if we're not passionate for Jesus, we will not have the desire to pass on a godly legacy because we have not experienced him. But when we're in love with Jesus, our natural outflow can only be to share this love with others. See, Paul was also, you know, humbly says that he was not there yet, but the one thing he pursues is Jesus. Forgetting the past and pressing towards the goal. And 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 David said the same thing. It was always about intimacy with God. See, our main goal, our main priority should be getting to know 
God and to experience him, to make him known. This means we are to make disciples who will disciple. You know, we can't just sit by and just say, it's good enough if someone does this. It's good enough if someone says that. The fruit of us is how we produce so that someone can see that, oh, wow, you know, that person came up under them, but I see them. I see their own unique purpose. I see Christ. I see the light. That is what needs to happen. You know, when we think about, you know, the main life goal and to succeed in leaving a legacy that is both powerful, that is both meaningful, that is both sustainable. You know, we have to realize that the legacy, the money's great. The material things is great. But our relationship with God is ultimate. Our relationship with God goes beyond anything that we could ever imagine. So what is the type of legacy you're planning to leave for your children, for your spouse, for your loved ones, for your friends, for your members? If you have, if you are leading a congregation, what type of legacy are you leaving for them? Is it the same old, same old? Is it much of the same? What is it you're leaving? What are you doing? You see, your legacy determines your destiny. What you do for Christ, how you live, your life, your victories, and sometimes your failures. Create a legacy that ultimately determines how We spend eternity. You know, Christianity is is always one generation away from extension. And the reason we're here today talking about this right now is because, of you know, we've talked about it in family. You know, the reason why we're believers is that the previous generation passed on their faith to us. So it's our duty to pass it on. To the next generation. See. When we think about what's the legacy we leave behind. It brings me to Psalm 78 and 4. And the New Living Translation version. It says we will not hide these troops from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. About his power and his mighty words. See, the call to pass our faith and values. What values? Values that last. Eternal values. And those values continue forever. And that's faith, hope, and love. And when you think about those three words, you realize that faith is mentioned in the Bible 246 times. Hope is mentioned 185 times. The word love is mentioned 730 
three times. However, the word give is mentioned in the Bible 2,285 times. The Bible says more about generosity than faith, hope, and love, but put put together. But why is that? See, because I believe generosity is a practical expression of these three values. It's the way you express faith, hope, and love. So, when we think about what the legacy you want to leave, you want to leave one of generosity. See, because legacy is something that remains after we leave this world. Something that speaks of our lives. It is the effect that we have on people when living. The true legacy of each of us is being written in heaven. And our legacy is a reality and we all have one. See, we need to ask ourselves whether the world would be a better place because we've lived in it. And I do ask myself sometimes. So therefore, that was why really specifically I decided to really become obedient and get to get into line because I wanted this world to be a better place because I was in it. But see, let me explain what building a legacy doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we trample on our brothers and sisters and only look out for ourselves. See, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 is clear about this. And it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for those, the interests of others. See, God in his infinite wisdom realized that we often forget what he's done, that what he's done for us. You know, we do. And, you know, we think about, you know, building memorials. But why is it important to build a memorial, thereby leaving a lasting legacy? See, it helps us to remember what God has done in our lives. It aids us in telling personal stories or testimonies, as we would like to call it, of God's work in us and through us. And it, it re, you know, ignites our memories. It renews our personal commitment to God and reawakens his plans and purpose in us and for us. And the memorials help us to focus on the good and the things God has done for us instead of the negative and the failures in our lives. That is where Satan tries to come in and to battle us because he wants us to remember all the bad. So let's think about when God brought the children of Israel out into the promised land. He gave them a specific assignment. The Israelite was to displace the pagan people and pagan peoples living in their promised territory, inhabited and established centers of worship and cities of refuge for each region. You know, and that's what we have to do. We we are commissioned to go, you know, into our promised land and take possession and make disciples whereby we disciple the kingdom 
you know, and release the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus is, you know, were final words in his great commission to us were, I am with you always, even at the end of age. The implication of this promise to us is twofold. You know, God's presence will be among us to determine our, you know, determines our identity and consequently what we're able to accomplish. Our legacy is his legacy working through us. You know, we are never significant because we want to be. We are significant because we do what he says. Pure and simple obedience. You know, reputation is what people think of us now. And legacy is what they think of us long after we're gone. See, no one on earth, you know, may even know our name. But heaven records your victories. Many people's victories that are not recognized on earth are sometimes greater than those applauded by man. You know, you are significant and you are building a godly legacy that will last. You know, what I want you to know is that your influence is greater than you think. Your work matters more than you think. And your influence lasts longer than you think. So many times we look at the things that we're doing and what is going on in life. And we don't really realize that the things that we've done, the, the work that we've done, the people that we're touching, we don't realize the influence that we have with them. And is it isn't until, you know, something happens or whatever that you're like, wow, I didn't know that that person, you know, paid attention to what I was doing or that person saw what I was doing. I just thought I was just on this island. And I didn't think I was just going to do all of this by myself. That is what sometimes happens. As most of us get older and we start seeing certain milestone ages, we start comparing ourselves to other people and other situations, and we kind of wonder, you know, what are we doing? Did we miss the mark? You know, we begin to wonder what our legacy will be. Sometimes we wonder, will we ever leave one? Well, we'll wonder, will we be remembered? We'll ask ourselves, did we miss the mark or is it too late? And, you know, a lot of times, too, you know, people, we build our legacy by taking the wrong steps. See, we'll say things like if we work hard enough at our work, we can build a lasting legacy. Other Others believe that if they make enough money or own enough stuff, they'll leave a lasting legacy. But unfortunately, they don't have any, any eternal value. None at all. So I just want to talk about five keys that I've, you know, developed and thought about and five things that um, that I, you know, as I'm going through this process and I'm going through this journey that I've realized that 
is, you know, helps living a life worthy of a lasting legacy. Um, And the first one is to fear the Lord and to obey him. See, our legacy begins in our heart and in our relationship with God. And Psalms, the the 112th Psalm, verses 1 and 2 reads, How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. You have to fear the Lord. You have to have a relationship with him. You have to build that because if it's not built on obedience, if it's not built on a relationship, it is built on sinking sand. You know, you also, number two, have to understand that, you know, living a lasting, a worthful of a lasting legacy is through the power of God. See, it's by God working through us that we're able to build a legacy that truly transcends time. It is by the power of God that we're able to touch other people's hearts so deeply that we'll be forever remembered. Christ must increase. I must decrease. And number three, what I'm using as I'm going through this walk is I'm beginning to recognize the world needs and responds with compassion and action. If we will look at Matthew, the ninth chapter and the 36th verse, um, it reads that, and seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them. See, a legacy is left by being committed to doing something about the world in which we live in. You know, do we desire to reach the lost? Do we desire to help the homeless and the widow, the orphan, the hungry? You know, um, it's a call to action. Like, what are we doing about these things? You know, are you showing compassion to the single mother or the single father? Are you showing compassion to the elderly and helping them as they need? What is... What do you stand for? What do you stand about? You know, number four, that is the most, one of the most important ones for me is asking God for wisdom. See, we as believers should be wisdom personified, you know, but we can only get wisdom from God. See, God tells us clearly that we should seek him because through it, we will influence the world. Um, Proverbs, the third chapter, the 13th to the 16th verse, goes in to say, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. Her gain is fine than gold. It gained than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot be compared with her. Length of days is in her right hands. And on her left hand is riches and honor. We need the wisdom of God to move and to do anything and everything that he has put our hands to. Too many times, and I know this may not be you, but I know for me, too many times I have gone and walked and done things that have not been of God, and then I wonder what happened. I wonder why it failed. I wonder why I was going into 
this, you know, pity party of things. And it was because I wasn't, you know, taking into account what God had instructed and needed me to do. I decided to make my own decisions and so forth. Therefore, in making my own decisions, I wasn't seeking wisdom. And therefore, there was a fallacy in that decision making that left me open, wide open. You know, um, and I also asked God to give me a sense of direction, a sense of purpose, and a sense of mission. Um, and if you have children, this is something that you want to ask God to give your children as well. You know, the challenge is to leave your loved ones an inheritance, not, you know, a heritage, not just an inheritance. You know, children are the messengers we send to a time we will not see. So therefore, if you have young people that you are responsible for nurturing and loving and bringing up, you want to ask God to give them a sense of purpose and direction and mission. And if you don't have that for yourself, you need to ask God as well. You need to ask him to lead you. You need to ask him to guide you. You need to ask him to direct you in the things that you need to do. You can't just be like, I'm just going to sit and chill and do what I want, when I want, how I want. We have to understand that God is God and that he, he directs this, that he holds this power. Nothing, not us. You know, we have to allow God to be the end all and be all. We have to understand that we are not equipped to handle our lives. We're not equipped to drive. We may think we are, but we are not. We have to leave that in his hands. You know, when... We think about the greatest, I want to think about the greatest legacy ever that was ever left on this earth. And it started about 2,000 years ago and it still lives today. And that's Jesus. He came into this earth and lived a life worthy to be praised. You know, However, you know, you know, he died on the cross at 33, sacrificially. His legacy brought freedom and redemption for all generations to come. Because of his perseverance and because he kept his end goal in mind, we were set free. See, I want you to understand that your legacy can change lives. It can change the course of future events and it can change the world. Nothing will come if you don't make a change. So you have to live today as if it's your last chance to get to breathe in the gift of God's air. And remember, again, your legacy starts now, not later now. We have so many opportunities 
to build our legacy. So many opportunities to move forward. What are you doing to leave a legacy? How are you seeking God? How are you equipping your loved ones to be without you? I know what I'm doing is I am working and living in an environment so that when God tells me to go, I go. So that when I leave this world, it will have been a better place because I was in it and I brought the light of God. When someone saw me, when someone interacted me with me, they felt God's presence. They saw God's presence. You know, they didn't think about was that what was that person about? They could feel it. They knew it. And so that is what we have to do in leaving our legacy. We can't just sit there and just be like, hmm, I'll get it done. Hmm, I'm leaving it to someone else. You know, and let's just think about the types of legacies, the kinds of legacies that you're building, you know. I like to call them, I want you to leave a Bible legacy, you know. And and what I mean by that is like, I want you to choose a few Bible verses that represent what is most important to you and paste them into a file on your computer um, or, you know, you can create little post-it notes and then, you know, post them somewhere in your house. And at some point in your life, give a copy of those verses to everyone who is important to you. So that you are leaving a legacy. Like I literally, I have, you know, verses like Psalms 23, um, Romans 8, 28, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I am keeping almost like a journal of them so that I can create a book and therefore have something to pass on to those that I care for the most. That they know that in my time of need and in my time of whatever, I definitely use these verses to get through and get me to the next level. Um, Leave a thoughtful legacy, like choose a few quotes you know, that you can choose them from websites, from movies, from speeches, from books, anything that you've read or watched that has affected your life. And, you know, and as if you did the same thing with your Bible verses, write them down, keep them in the house, and then give them out to those who you love. You know, a couple of my favorite when it comes to quotes One is pray like it depends upon God. Work like it depends upon you. You know, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. Um, And those are two of my favorite ones, especially the first one. Second one, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. How many times that we didn't get what we wanted? We didn't. That's the experience in learning what it means to not get what you want and what you need. You know, so definitely look into that. Do that. You are 
the author of this. You have to be willing to build a legacy that lasts. You have to be willing to put in the work. You can't have a legacy and not put in the work. You can't, you know, have a relationship with God and not put in the work. Because again, as everything, like I've spoken before, everything comes on the basis of relationship. That is correct. The basis of relationship. If you don't have relationship, you know, you can't have all the other things. You have to know God. You have to be intimate with him. You got to have conversation with him. You got to know him just like he knows you. So therefore, when it's time for you to speak, you only speak what is relevant. You know, you don't speak anything that's haphazard or out of place. You are speaking what is relevant at all times. See, we have to learn that we have to work and diligently, you know, be a part of the kingdom so that we are leaving an amazing legacy to our loved ones and to the people that we have around us. That's important. You know, and most times it can work. Most times it don't. But we have to teach it. We have to serve. We have to love. We have to seek. And we have to sow. Like we can't do any of those things if we don't do so. And see, again, people still think that legacy is about, oh, my goodness, what am I going to leave my child when I, you know, pass on? And what kind of money is it going to be? But what kind of character are you leaving? Is they going to is your child going to remember you? Are they going to love you? What are you leaving? Some of you may be thinking that, why does it matter? How I live and whatever is not going to affect what goes on after I am gone. And that is so far from the truth. What you have to understand is that your actions now can have direct implications on those later. Um, Just like with Saul. Saul didn't think anything of what he was doing and how he was living. But long after he left, his choices affected others, you know. And so you have to understand that your legacy, good or bad, will leave behind an impact on those who come after you. So what do you want to do when it comes to that Do you want to just be like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to have all the stuff and I can just live how I want to live. Or do you want to be proactive in the planning and the laying out of what that legacy will be? Because sometimes, you know, we don't always think about it. You know, I I know one thing for me that I'm strengthening is my prayer life. And I want to be able to 
leave a legacy through prayer. You know, because that is where the true heart of being in relationship with God is. It is that time spending that time alone with him. It's also, you know, taking out yourself, taking yourself out the equation and thinking of others and putting others before you. And so when you stand in the gap with somebody, when you're praying for someone, you are not putting yourself in the equation. You are doing things so that you are making sure that that person is in a good space. And I know sometimes that my own prayer life is, you know, can be shaky because I have things that's going on. I may have other projects and I don't always put the focus that I need to put on it. But that is my goal. It's like, Yes, I want this world to be remembered, but I want people to remember me for my prayer life. I want them to know that when it was time to talk to God because I had entombed that relationship so much that he was willing to listen and that he was open hearted and he knew that my petition was worthy and he was going to act upon that. That is the type of legacy that I want to leave when I'm no longer here. But it's called, I have to work at that. I've put in the atmosphere, but I have to do what is necessary to build that. That means my relationship with God has to be even stronger. My Reading my word has to be more consistent. I can't just decide when I'm going to do it and how I'm going to do it. You know, you have to understand that when you're talking about leaving a legacy, you have to believe that you're capable of leaving one. You know, you you can't just be like, oh, I think I can. You have to believe it with all your heart and your mind and your soul. And once you believe that, you have to acknowledge God every day and ask him to lead you and to guide you and to build you so that you are in the right direction. So many times we tell God what we want to do, but we don't seek him on what we need to do for this walk. You know, we have to remember that he created us. He breathed the breath of life into us. We are here for a purpose. So therefore, he is going to be the best person to tell us what we need to do and how we need to do it. You know, we we don't have to doubt when it comes to allowing God to do what God does. Because when we allow him to do what he does, we won't have any problems. Again, like I've said in a devotional, I said we are not even qualified to drive the car of our life, of which is our life. We don't even have a license. We're not equipped. We're not qualified in no way, shape or form. We should not even try to control and drive our lives the way God, you know, for God. We need to just step back. We don't need to be backseat driver, side street driver. We just need to sit in the passenger side and let God do what he does 
on a consistent and daily basis. Because if we remove ourselves out of it, it it makes it easier. But of course, we're human. And we have things that we definitely just have to get into the realm. We have to say this. We have to do this. So he allows us and he just will step back as need be. But I'm tired of him stepping back. I'm tired of, you know, being without because I've been disobedient. So I am full fledged into the I am not driving the car of my life. Because I'm not qualified. I am not capable. I do not have the proper license to do that. This is what I am leaving to the one true father and the one true God alone. You know, earlier on, I was talking about the things that I wanted you to think about when it came to your legacy in your life. And I wanted you to understand that your influence is greater than you think. Because prime example, I was talking to my brother earlier today and I was working, I had been working on a project and he was like, yeah, I know that author. I've read some of their stuff and it's really good. You work, you were working with a great person. And so when I told the person, they were like, whoa, really? That's because sometimes we don't realize how much our, how great our influence is. We don't know who's reading and who's seeing and who's talking about it. And then that, that leads into the work that we do. Because we don't get a lot of accolades, because we don't get a lot of people who's into it, we don't know or fully understand the magnitude of how our work matters. And again, your influence lasts longer than you think. You may be thinking that it lasted in that moment, in that season, in that time spell. And in actuality, it's 20 years later and it's still ringing true. I'm learning that now that things that I was a part of and things that I did and engagements I was at and I spoke at 10, 15 years ago still has a lasting impact, still has people talking, still is moving people. But I didn't realize that my influence lasted as long as it did. I didn't even realize I had an influence. But that is definitely nothing but the power of God. But that's from also having a relationship with him and allowing him to do only what he can do. Nothing else. I wasn't trying to get in the way. I wasn't trying to pontificate. I wasn't trying to make anything different. All I was just trying to do is to live my life according to the way God has ordained it. I was no longer trying to step in. I'm no longer trying to make the decisions. I'm no longer moving and trying to see what is going on. I am allowing him to do what it is. And because of that, I have learned and you will learn that your influence is greater than you think. 
your work matters more than you think, and your influence lasts longer than you think. But these are the points I want you to pray on, that I really want you to see God on. See, the enemy lies attacking our identity, thereby derailing our legacy and influence. And we need to lay before God to put the enemy in his place which is beneath us and behind us. You have to have such a relationship with God and you have to be such read up on your word so that you can encompass the full armor of God that when the enemy comes at you about what you think you are, who you are, whatever, you just speak the word to him and put him in his place where he belongs. You don't even allow that to dwell in your spirit because you know who you are and whose you are. You know, you got to understand, too, that the enemy will use your failures and he will highlight them more than the victories. And what that does, he does that to destroy godly memorials. And what you need to do is pray that the God crush him. And that God restores your memory to the victories. That he allows you to keep those close to your heart. Even though that you had some failures, they don't outweigh the victories because the failures were necessary to get to the victories. And that's what you have to ask for prayer on so that you don't begin to focus on the failures, the small number of failures. You focus on the victories, the victories that God had you do. And see, we have to ask for God to cover us because times we don't believe that we are significant and we don't believe we have a legacy. We don't believe we have a purpose. And because we don't believe our call comes under attack and it's the enemy way of saying, are you sure that's what he wants you to do? Are you sure he called you? I don't believe that. That's what the enemy does. And we have to, all of this is about Satan's crazy attacks, about how he manipulates situations to your mind so that you believe that you're not worthy. And that is what we want to come under arrest. We have to leave a lasting legacy. We have to build the world in such a way that at the end of the day, we know who we are and whose we are and the people that we are leaving the legacy for will know that we belong to God, that we love God, that we sought him out and that he was our all in all. We didn't seek any other. He was enough. He was more than enough. He was more than sufficient for the things that we needed in life. So what? is your legacy. What is your legacy? What are you looking to leave behind? How are you looking to make the world a better place? What is your legacy? Plain and simple. Again, remember that your legacy determines your destiny. What we do for Christ and how we live, our victories and our failures, 
create our legacy. So remember, we want to leave a lasting, a lasting legacy. And we want to do that through generosity. We want to do that through our Bible. We want to do that in love. Because at the end of the day, we can have all these other things. But if we're not generous in what we do and how we lead and where we go, it is for naught. Don't believe that you have to work hard to build your lasting legacy. You don't believe that you have to make enough money or own enough stuff to have a lasting legacy. You just have to be generous. And you have to encompass faith, hope, and love. Nothing more. Because once you do that, that legacy will be eternal. And it will last forever. It'll last forever. So I want to thank you for listening this evening to the Moving Past Your Radio Show. I want you to be sure to visit us on Facebook um, to join us for the conversation, access show notes, and get any fantastic bonus content. And you can also describe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Moving Past You. And what I want to leave you with this evening is to always be kind in your word and in your thought and in your deed. Join us next week as we begin the series on being thankful. That's right. November is Thanksgiving and we are talking about all things being thankful. But have a wonderful blessed night. We love you. Be blessed. And we'll see you next week. Have a great evening. Good night.